episode five of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And uh, it's, uh, it was almost an hour's episode, this one. Uh, so this is just a quick reaction and review to what I think is becoming and developing into, I don't know what you think, guys, into quite a layered and quite a complex um, series, actually. Uh, it's a shame that there's only going to be one more episode after this. Um, so you've got the Flag Smashers. Uh, I've still got the same quibble with the lead Flag Smasher. Uh, I feel she's not strong enough. I feel she's not sort of, there's not enough light and shade to her sort of, whether it be that she's a freedom fighter or that she's a sort of, you know, uh, a sort of twisted kind of villain. I mean, she's a baddie, but is she a baddie? Is she a goody baddie? You know, I just don't think that she's not delivering the light and shade. So parking that to the side, that's one issue. I think this episode really uh, cranked up a gear when it comes to the race politics that they're looking into in this. I think the idea of attaching a sort of white privilege, if you like, to Captain America's shield and to the Captain America brand, I think is a really bold move by Marvel. I, I really like the way they're stepping there um, and are willing to sort of answer and deal with some sort of, you know, cultural, you know, some uncomfortable cultural facts. I thought the added detail of the, you know, the first black super soldier, Isaiah, who was very angry in the second episode when they first met him, uh, you know, he had beef with Winter Soldier years ago and uh, didn't want to help um, Anthony Mackie, the Falcon. Uh, and then when Anthony Mackie goes back there, you know, they have a really intense and, and interesting conversation where Isaiah is saying to, you know, uh, the Falcon, you know, why would any self-respecting black man want to be Captain America? And yet you've got offset against that. You've got the uh, experience of Anthony Mackie, who, who does believe that there's some purpose and reason to want to aspire to this role. He even sees in his nephews, I believe, his sister's children, their sort of admiration for the shield, which is kind of the, the shield, Captain America's shield is being sort of carried around in this episode, a little bit like a surfboard almost. It has its own bag. It's like, it's like an incredibly elaborate frisbee. Um, some real sort of musical montages in here. Uh, you've got Anthony Mackie training with the, with the shield. But I've kind of jumped the gun a bit. At the beginning of the episode, of course, we had Walker uh, put in a very challenging position at the end of the last episode, episode four, where he'd killed someone, not the right person either, but he'd killed someone just because he could kill someone who'd killed his buddy, his war buddy, his, his you know, his, his right-hand man, his wingman, if you like. And so... I think the character of Walker is becoming a really complicated and layered character. I mean, I've said before, it's kind of nibbling at the edges of the boys, the whole narrative around uh, Compound V or whatever it was in the boys. Uh, but this is, I don't know, there's something about this. There's something about the fact that, you know, Walker, John Walker has taken this super soldier serum, that he has this newfound strength. Uh, he's kind of essentially almost court-martialed. He's not quite court-martialed, but he's given, you know, he's, he's sort of, he's removed from the American army. He's stripped of his awards. He's stripped of his service. He's no longer Captain America. And we can see the building of a villainy or anger. And it's not a co, you know, it's not just like villainy for the sake of villainy. This is a man who meant well and achieved great things. And I think, I do think that Marvel are trying to draw parallels between John Walker's experiences with the state and the long-term almost neglect of veterans over time. This idea that you, you know, countries train men to kill and then they wash their hands of them at the point that it kind of backfires or goes wrong. And I think there's, a, there's an interesting conversation to be had there. And I think that's what's going on with John Walker's character and his narrative. And I think that's quite rich. 
you've also got, as I've said before, you've got the race issue going on with Anthony Mackie. Uh, you know, you feel that he's the right man for the job of Captain America. There's no, there's no suggestion necessarily that Shield or, you know, any of the sort of uh, originators of the superheroes or the Avengers or whatever. There's no suggestion that they're inherently racist. But there has been this other suggestion from Zemo in earlier episodes that, you know, this idea of super soldier strength is an act of supremacism. Uh, and so, you know, so it's, it, you know, it's, it's dealing with white, it's essentially dealing with white supremacist or supremacism. It's dealing with the American veteran uh, dilemma uh, and the way in which perhaps they've been sort of forgotten or there isn't enough sort of aftercare, if you like, for men or machines, human machines that have been trained to kill. And then you've got race politics going on too. And then you've also, even in the Flag Smashers, got this idea of people without borders, this idea of living in a global community where, you know, national boundaries and borders are kind of notional. Or will, maybe will, they'll become more increasingly more notional in a more fractured world. And so I thought this was a really, I thought this was a really rich episode. And what you've also got is you've got Winter Soldier and the Falcon. Their, their sort of reluctant partnership is now building and growing into something of a brooding bromance. Uh, right down to, I think I spotted Winter Soldier and the Falcon's sister passing each other a few looks and a, and, and a few sort of, you know, uh, you know, could be a bit of business going on there. Um, and, and so you've got this other narrative going on in this. I thought this episode was really nice because it allowed us time to really sit with the characters. We got to really sit with um, the Falcon and his family heirloom, if you like, a family tradition of the boat. I thought that was a nice sort of metaphor that they shouldn't let it go. They should hold on to what's their identity. And I think that's important. Um, we had a great training scene where, my God, that shield, when the Falcon throws that shield and he's training, I mean, my God, there was some sweat there and you wouldn't want that shield hitting you in the face accidentally. So I liked all that. I thought that was all really well done. That was neatly done. Zemo gets taken off to Wakanda. So, uh, you know, is he going to be put in a sort of Alcatraz-like prison on an island somewhere? Uh, and is he going to come back at some point? And then you had this really curious moment where um, a, a character called Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. My God, what a character she was. Now, she approaches John Walker just before or just after, I can't remember, he's essentially stripped of his services and his, his honours and his medals and he's told to get out of the army. She approaches him and gives him a card that has nothing on it. Who's she? Who's she recruiting for? And she essentially says to him, pick up the phone when I call you. And I've seen and I've heard in some quarters that perhaps this is the development or the building, is it, of an equivalent sort of squad, a Marvel, an MCU squad that's a little bit like the Suicide Squad insofar as perhaps they're of dubious morals and dubious loyalties. They're not necessarily goodies. I mean, I think what's really rich about Walker is, you know, this is a man who meant good. He meant well. He wasn't just a frat boy who was a show-off. You know, he was struggling, but in he's got that classic thing of an epic hero or an epic villain, if you like, which is he's got a flaw. He's got a tragic flaw. And his flaw was his inability to reach the level of a superhuman sold a super soldier in the form of, you know, Steve, the original Captain America. And so living in that shadow and the pressure that that would create and construct for a, a man, especially, 
uh, is really, I think that's really well drawn. And so I find John Walker's character really rich. I find Anthony Mackie's narrative move towards whether, you know, adopting a desire for this, this, this Captain America's shield and the job, is that a selling out on his heritage and his roots? That's really rich. And then you've got this other sort of burgeoning plot with this character. Her performance, the woman who played Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine, the woman who comes up, it was a moment of sheer class, absolute class. And again, all I can say is the whole thing is just slightly let down by the leader of the Flag Smashers. It's just, she just lacks that anchored sort of threat. I just don't believe she's threatening. Though she is threatening. What do you think, guys? I think it's a really rich, really rich series. It's getting better with each episode that goes along. Um, and that's quite something because there are moments where I feel like, oh, this is just becoming a bit two-dimensional Marvel kind of action-y stuff. But actually, this is getting quite complex and quite layered. For more film and family fun, don't forget to click the subscribe button and make sure to click the bell to never miss an update.